Chapter 15 of Commentary on Romans by Theodoret of Cyrus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Verse 2. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. I know that thou art brought to completeness and that faith has made thee strong, but I exhort thee to extend a hand to him that is weak and not to seek thine own comfort or convenience alone but to consult also the advantage of thy neighbour and he says not merely to please thy neighbour but for his good to edification since it is very possible to please a neighbour both to his and our own injury and then the example verse three for even christ pleased not himself but as it is written psalm sixty nine nine the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me for even the lord himself sought not his own convenience but for our salvation gave himself up to death for we heard him in his passion praying and saying matthew twenty six thirty nine o my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me nevertheless not as i will but as thou wilt and he bore also the blasphemies of the jews and those which they had formerly brought upon his father by their wicked lives the same they uttered against him on which account it is that he here cites the testimony of the prophet Verse 4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. God, providing for our advantage, has both afforded us a written rule of doctrine, and also preserved in written history the accounts of the saints. Verse 5. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one towards another according to Christ Jesus. Again, by the addition of the according to Christ Jesus, he shows that he does not indiscriminately beg for a concord of any kind for them, but the concord of godliness, and speaking of patience and comfort, he joins therewith the mention of love, that, adorned therewith, they might bear the imperfections of their neighbour, and by mutual counsel and comfort lead him on to completeness. Verse 6. That with one mind and one mouth ye may glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He calls God our God, but our Lord Jesus Christ's Father, for he who is God of us all is his Father, verse 7. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. And indeed the Lord Christ loved us not as being holy, but receiving us while sinners so justified. We ought therefore ourselves also to bear the weakness of our brethren, and do all to forward their salvation and seeing that the jewish proselytes put forward the circumcision of our lord asserting that even himself also had embraced the polity of the law the holy apostle thought it worth while to write what was fitting on this subject also and he says verse eight now i say that jesus christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of god to confirm the promises made unto the father verse nine and that the gentiles might glorify god for his mercy the God of all things promised to Abraham that in his seed he would bless all nations, and the patriarch himself and all his race received the sign of circumcision. It behoved therefore him also, who is called his seed after the flesh, and who shed forth the blessing on the Gentiles, to bear the sign of his kindred, that the truth of the divine promise might be clearly manifested, and the Gentiles, receiving that grace, might magnify him from whom the loving-kindness has flowed to them for then he adduces scriptural testimonies showing that the salvation of the gentiles had been predicted of old as it is written for this cause i will confess to thee among the gentiles and sing unto thy name psalm eighteen forty nine verse ten and again it saith rejoice ye gentiles with his people 
Deuteronomy 32.13. Verse 11. And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye peoples. Psalm 117.1. Verse 12. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now these testimonies he cites in order to teach the Jewish converts not to be offended at the salvation of the Gentiles, but believe the prophecies concerning them. And again he implores a blessing on them, exhibiting the fatherly affection he bore to them. Verse 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. He had already above said, in the part of this epistle which we have expounded, that hope which is seen is not hope chapter 8 verse 24 wherefore also he calls god the god of hope as having of old given to the gentiles the hope of the blessing and now establish that promise by deeds and this is a pledge of the blessings yet hoped for for he who promised those things and then fulfilled them will altogether fulfil also what he has now promised to us and he bids us not only hope but abound in hope that is hope sincerely and expect to behold the blessings that we hope for and this confidence he says the grace of the Spirit affords. Having thus recommended these things and invoked a blessing on them, he goes on to accord praise to them, by this leading them onward to yet greater goodness. Verse 14. And I myself also am persuaded of you, brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish others. I know, says he, that ye need not instruction, for ye both possess sufficiently ample knowledge, and abound in good of every kind so as even to extend to others also every fitting exhortation verse fifteen nevertheless brethren i have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of god he displays at the same time the modesty of his own mind in saying he made bold to teach them and exhibits this grace given to him in teaching that he writes in subservience to it and what grace then is this given to thee Verse 16, that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God. I have been appointed the teacher of the Gentiles. This is the ministry I present to the Lord Christ. And what is the gain arising from thence? That the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I readily undergo any labor that the Gentiles may be established in the faith. I obtain the grace of the Spirit, for by the ministry, he means preaching, and by the acceptable offering, a sincere and genuine faith. I have done nothing then out of place, says he, if I have at all written somewhat more boldly and rebuked them that offend. Verse 17, I have therefore, whereof I may glory in Jesus Christ, in those things which pertain to God. And then he points out the character of that glorying. Verse 18, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me, to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. Verse 19, By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God. My boasting is not in mine own labours, but in the gift bestowed on me by the Lord Christ. For he has given me the grace of the thrice Holy Spirit to the working of signs and wonders, so that by these means the Gentiles have been rescued unto life, and received the light of divine knowledge. And he shows also to how large a portion of the Gentiles he had preached, so that from Jerusalem and in a circle unto Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. For I have tended not those nations lying in the direct line only, but traversing also in a circle, have fully supplied with the doctrines of the gospel the eastern regions also, and those about Pontus together with portions of Asia and Thrace. For this is what the words in a circle indicate. Verse 20. Yea, so I have strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. 
verse 21, but as it is written, Isaiah 52:15, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. This shows the diligent earnestness of his zeal in labouring, in that taking in hand the fields that as yet had been uncultivated, he ploughed them up and sowed and converted them into fruitful cornfields, and brought its due fulfilment to the prophecy. Verse 22, for which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, for my engagement among these others has prevented my presence among you. Verse 23, but now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, Verse 24, Whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey, and to be brought on my way thitherward by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. He gives two reasons for his coming to them, that the rest had been preached unto, no nations remaining among which the doctrines of the gospel had not been heard, and his own love towards them. For the former hindrances having ceased, his longing after them excited him to the journey, and he declares that his affection had been long antecedent to his actual coming, for for these many years, he says, have I earnestly desired to see you, and he tells them beforehand that he will not only see them, but take in Spain also, and that they may not hence conceive that his visit to them was merely by the way, he adds, and by you to be brought on my way thitherward, if first I be somewhat filled with your company, for you are they whom I first wish to see, and after you them." Verse 25, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. By ministering he means the distribution of a pecuniary collection, and he mentions also the senders thereof. Verse 26, For they of Macedonia and Archaea have been benevolently inclined to make a communication to the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. It was indeed under a previously arranged agreement to this effect with the blessed apostles, Peter, I mean, and James and John, that the divinely appointed Barnabas and Paul undertook the teaching of the Gentiles, promising to exhort the converts among the Gentiles to minister to the wants of the faithful in Judea, and this he clearly teaches in his epistle to the Galatians, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. For Peter, says he, and James and John, who seemed to be pillars, gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and they unto the circumcision, only they would, that we would remember the poor, the same also which I also was forward to do. This it is he here also speaks of, praising the zeal of Macedonia and Archaea, and this he calls both a benevolence and a debt. Verse 27. They are benevolently inclined, verily, and their debtors they are. And whence arose this debt? For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual blessings, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. To them, says he, appertain the patriarchs as their forefathers, to them the promises were made, their prophets it was, who prophesied the blessings now common to both. Of them, according to his human nature, was the Lord Christ, and of them the apostles, the teachers of the whole world. Through them have the gifts of the Spirit been shed abroad. It is right, then, that they who have imparted of the greater should in return receive of the lesser. Wherefore also he above calls the contribution of money a communication, and again afterwards a ministry, by the expression communication, showing it to be a repayment, and by that of ministry a tribute due. Verse 28. When therefore I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. Having sealed to them this fruit, to the Macedonians and Archaeans, he means, for I offer the things sent to the right hand of God through the hands of the saints, and I will keep them safe and uninjured. Verse 29. But I know that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. By the fullness of the blessing of the gospel he means the dangers for the gospel's sake 
which he underwent at Jerusalem. That's what follows of inces. Verse 30. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, and for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. Verse 31. That I may be delivered from them which do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. With what praise worthy of it could any crown this blessed, I thrice blessed brow? For first he both knew what would happen, and foretells it, for so he spoke to the elders of Ephesus at Miletus, that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city that bonds and afflictions await me, Acts 22-5, and when Agabus also predicted the same things, and all were weeping and endeavouring to detain him, the holy man cried out, What mean ye to weep and break mine heart? For I am ready not to be bound only, but also to die for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 21-13, and here he predicted that he would see both the Romans and the Spaniards, and he adds, that he would even come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And then, as fully contemplating the madness of the Jews, he begs also for their prayers, not only as respected the disbelievers, but the believers also, for neither were they affectionately disposed towards him, because esteeming him a violator of the law, on which account he added, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. With a thousand labours had he collected these offerings, using every argument of exhortation with the disciples thereto, and yet he fears concerning those who should receive them, lest their dislike to himself should have greater weight with them than their own wants. Verse 32. That I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Not even what is good does he wish to obtain, unless it be in accordance with the will of God. Verse 33. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Not without cause does he here speak of God as the God of peace, but both as himself needing it by reason at once of those that openly opposed him, and those that regarded him with suspicion, and as imploring it for them on account of the differences they had between themselves respecting legal observances. End of chapter 15